Hi everyone, my name is Martin and this is Beautiful Minds. My guest today is Hannah Rachel, a published and award-winning intimate photographer. Hannah, welcome to Beautiful Minds. Can't wait to hear more about your journey through photography, different fields of photography, and your discoveries on self-love. How are you? Good, very good. I actually have been doing a lot of things a little different this year. I have been trying to incorporate not only client shoots, but also a lot of passion portraits and passion shoots, which are more things that I want to touch base on and I want to focus on from my side. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's me reaching out to models to try something different. And other times it's reaching out to real women to help tell their story and really kind of show a side that we don't often get to see on social media. So it's been a really big, fun project trying to do a couple different things this year. Okay. And could you tell us a bit more about intimate photography, what it actually means? Uh, Perhaps there might be some perceptions out there, which, you know, even for me, I only discovered it recently. So you can think of it as either intimate portraiture, which is what I call myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I photograph male and women. You can think of it as boudoir photography, which Mm -hmm. most people think of as like the sexy or the lingerie kind of portraits. Um, But I like to call myself more of an intimate photographer because I love to think of it more as telling a story Mm -hmm. than just capturing a glamour shot. And most people, when they think of boudoir or glamour shots, they think of those awesome 80s, big hair, close-up, kind of glowy skin, old-fashioned kind of photos. Um, But calling it intimate portraiture and storytelling, it offers you to kind of reach into people's lives a little bit more and create art with the human form and the human body. So that's the easy way to think of it. Yeah, amazing. I mean, if anyone hasn't checked out uh, Hannah's work, definitely check it out. It's uh, hannahrachel.photography. Photo- Hannah is that on Instagram? Hannah. Is that the right social media handle? Yeah, hannah.rachel.photography yeah. dot dot photography on Instagram. And the website is photo.com. Is that right? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, and when did you start? Tell us, like, let's rewind a bit now. You said you started about 10 years ago. Yeah, so... I have been a photographer now for a little over 11 years now that we're in 2020. (laughs) Uh, It sounds crazy, but I'm still pretty young. I'm 27. So I think I'm 27, 26. (laughs) I don't even know anymore. We'll do Uh, the maths later. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So I got into photography a long, long time ago, actually, because of my sister. And she was a photographer herself. She was mostly wedding photography and decided one day that she needed a little extra help. I came in, I kind of started to edit for her, and that's how getting into photography bloomed. I got into boudoir and intimate portraits about five or about five years ago, I'd say. Mm -hmm. And it really just started happening when brides would come up to me and tell me, you know, that they would want to do something special for their groom. Mm -hmm. And one girl, you know, she came to me and said, I, I'm getting married this summer. My husband's a firefighter. I'd love to incorporate something special just for him. And next thing I knew, it was like, she told three of her friends and then they told three of their friends. And within about two years, I needed a studio because I had so many people coming to me and now I have expanded this year, which is awesome, into a bigger studio. And congrats, congrats. 
Thank you. Yeah, I've started to grow a little bit of a following, which is very, very yeah. cool. Go get some. Keep killing yeah, it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. You know, we've been, fo- we've been following your journey for a while now. And it's just like, it's incredible how uh, social media gives you this platform to not just express yourself, but tell a story, as you said. I think it's really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's crazy, too, because photography, and you could ask any photographer, it is not just standing around taking a pretty picture. No. You are, you know, dealing with social media, you are marketing, you are the HR department, you are a creative director, but you're also an accountant. So there's a lot of things that have been changing over time that you have to really adapt to. And marketing is one of the things because social media now is so powerful that you know you have to stay on top of it and social media has completely changed the game for many many businesses just before we um continue with that i just want to go back to when you said the lady was getting married to a firefighter and she asked you to produce something special or to create a special moment can you talk to us a bit more about that the kind of requests that you typically used to get when you first started and how that's maybe changed now in your line of work So definitely around five or six years ago, photography is not what it is now. Um, The request that I would get would be, you know, things that girls, I mean, Pinterest barely even exists back then. So it would be something where they would come in with one, you know, one outfit or maybe two outfits. I was living in a ghetto little house at the time with a spare bedroom that I was doing shoots out of. So I had some false light and a little bit of window light and I was creating I was creating what I could at the time yeah Um, and I actually had about three sessions in that little apartment before I decided that I wanted to start renting something bigger Mm -hmm. but you know back then it was a little bit more of like a little bit more towards that kind of glamour shot you were getting mostly portraits, but they were in lingerie. It was not necessarily as large of a um, as large of a, a community as it is now. Basically, where you have you know erotica that comes into play, you have glam portraits that come into play, you have intimate portraiture. There's so many kind of niches that you know has branched boudoir into so many different categories i want to say so i was a little bit softer more based on portraits and um very fresh youthful light and airy feeling back then and you mentioned your sister was a photographer did she ever join in on these projects did she ever say oh like you know she found it interesting as well or did you just basically channel through that editing and then find your own little niche No, I actually, I shot weddings with her all the time. We were a power team together. Everyone would always joke that, you know, nothing shoots like a cult. It's our last (laughs) time. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So it was something funny that we were, we were a little bit of a powerhouse together. We could run a wedding day. We almost could read each other's minds because we were very close growing up. So Mm. when I decided to take this venture and start doing studio work and boudoir work instead of working with her in the wedding world, I think I broke her heart a little bit. So (laughs) I, I definitely ventured off alone into this, but I have grown to build an awesome community with other, you know, photographers and friends through the power of social media too. So I, I always shot alone. I still to this day shoot alone for my portraits and my studio work. 
Um, and I think that's where it's important that you branch off and join these kind of communities so that you're not so alone running your own business. How's she coping without you? I mean, I think she's sad, but I think she's handling it. <laughs> good, good. That's the main thing. <laughs> At first, I think it was like ripping off a Band-Aid. No way. <laughs> um, so she tried to hold me there and tried to, you know, pull me back a couple times. But I think that she could see my passion was growing so fast with this that yeah. there wasn't time for me to continue doing weddings and editing. And um she still resents me a little bit sometimes, but she knows I'm always there if I need her. If she Absolutely. She must be super proud when she sees the quality of your work as well. I hope so. I think she is. And um, do you have any other family members that are in photography or videography? So my whole wedding or my whole family actually is in the wedding world. No way. Uh, wow. My mother, she is awesome. She's a florist. So she used to do all the flowers for weddings. Wow. Amazing. I know. Wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my oldest sister, Heather, she's the photographer. Then I have a brother. His name is Ryan. He's actually a wedding DJ. My other sister is a makeup artist. Um, she used to be like a wedding uh, singer too. So she used to be in a band and everything and play for weddings. So we would always joke that we were the family you would hire for your wedding. That is a um, true power team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even my father, he used to run a tuxedo department. So this is, yeah, it's getting too much <laughs> <laughs> I used to work at a dress shop. It's all bad. We could just run a whole wedding. Yeah. <laughs> one shop shop family reunion. It's fine. <laughs> so I think this is a good time to confess. I've never been to a wedding. Really? Yeah. It's, yeah. I've been invited I'm, to a few, but I just haven't been able to make them. And not, not that I'm trying to avoid them or anything. I just, yeah, I haven't been to one. <laughs> I haven't, haven't been to a funeral and I haven't been to a wedding. Well, that's good. I mean, weddings are fun, but I think I've been to over like 300 at this point. So yeah, I think I can imagine. More. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, incredible. So um, before we get into the whole community side of it, I mean, you mentioned that adds a lot of value and it creates that kind of synergy effect. Um, I want to talk a bit about you and your journey as you were building your photography portfolio and building your brand. You mentioned that it was a kind of a journey for you as well. Like you discovered a few things about yourself and then you started exploring more into self-love and self-appreciation. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Absolutely. So the funny thing is, is photography in general kind of fell into my lap um, growing up with my sister and you know, I took some film classes, but growing into this boudoir built like business that I've built or this intimate side of it has affected my life a ton. Um, the number one thing I want to say that really changed who I am as a person when I was coming out of high school, trying to figure out who I was, I decided that I wanted to try and go into modeling. So be in front of the camera instead of behind the camera. I see. I did everything that I could. I went to New York City. I met with a photographer. I stood in a room in like a bikini when I was like 18 years old so that they could judge my body and tell me what I needed to do and what I didn't need to do. They took photos of me and they sat me down. And this was a pretty big photographer at the time. So mm -hmm. I was super excited. Uh, and then my world kind of crashed down on me really quickly when they told me I wasn't good enough, that mm -hmm. I was too short and too fat, um, that I had the body type that no one would look at in magazines, 
And he basically told me that I could be a catalog plus size model. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was 18, fresh mind, um, probably like a size US 8, which I think in London or Europe is like a 12, maybe. Um, Not an expert but, on sizes, but yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, the, so they might have had psychologically at least. Yeah, yeah, and you're you're so young that you start to kind of hate yourself and you start to hate your body and you start to wonder why you don't look like other people. And honestly, it's happened so much more now because of social media that you're seeing so many beautiful women all over the world and all over Instagram instantly that you really start to doubt yourself. Yeah. So when they told me this, and this is before like Ashley Graham was really popular or like Hunter McGrady and all these beautiful plus size models. Um, and I basically said, you know, fuck this guy. Sorry if I can't swear, but (laughs) no rules. Hashtag no rules. Um, Uh, so I basically just said, you know, I'm going to be the one behind the camera that's going to make everybody feel beautiful because I feel like that's something that we lack at this time. Um, and that was almost 10 years ago. So that fire started growing in me a lot faster. And when I started doing boudoirs and intimate portraits, I started to, I mean, I always see the beauty in everything. It's a, it's, I have like a very positive personality. So yeah, I definitely get that vibe for me. It's amazing. Don't yeah. that, <laughs> so as I started, you know, photographing more women, it's like we were doing hair and makeup and having these little transformations. And I could see these people coming into the studio, very shy and coy and leaving like they own the world. And it's, it's an addiction almost where you feel so good helping other people feel good that you want to keep making people feel good. Yeah. And it's grown so much over the last couple of years. And, you know, I love body positivity and that whole activist that's happening now. And I love, um, promoting self-love and just little tips and tricks throughout the day to, you know, help you in your own personal life feel better about yourself. Cause the truth is we're all the same, you know, there's, there's a very far few minority that is that perfect quote unquote body that we would um, all want to have, but we are all beautiful exactly how we are. And our unique, our uniqueness is what makes us all so beautiful. So being able to show all of these women that have been coming to me, how beautiful they are in their own skin is really what's creating this drive for me to keep going and getting bigger and spreading that message a little bit more. And did anyone inspire you? Did you, did you read a book perhaps? Was it your parents that helped you get out of that, um, you know, that period where maybe you walked away thinking you're not good enough or you had any doubts? Like who was it that really lifted you up from that? Honestly, at that time, you know, like I said, it's before, curve models were really even popular um there really was no i don't want to say there was no role model for me because i was i grew up in a family of powerful women and we were all very um we were all very driven and the other side of that is you grew up in a family with mostly women so we all attacked our own bodies and we you know, we all struggled in our own ways. We were all a little curvier. We were all a little bit of that thick women's side. So growing up, it was never, we were never um, surrounded by the positivity that we have now. 
I want to say. Okay. Um, but something so simple as like a quote that I read one time that said, be the inspiration you needed when you were younger. And that quote actually stuck with me and still sticks with me every single day because I want to be, I want to be that inspiration that someone else might need. So by me making myself or showing my vulnerable side will help someone else be better. That's kind of all that I would really want. I think even in some of your posts, you, the caption is sometimes even more important than the shot itself. I know you like to use quotes and, you know, be on the, on the edge between, you know, poetry and something inspiring or leaving that message or asking a question that, you know, people might ask themselves quite often and um you know just thought-provoking stuff i think that's also quite important not just the photography itself um is that something that also developed as you went on or did you start doing that from the beginning so i got more into into writing let's just say yeah Uh, i got heavier into you know creating longer posts and longer posts on instagram because i started using it almost as a diary Mm -hmm. and the reminders that I would put up would sometimes even be the reminders that I needed to hear that day. So by writing it out, I noticed more people started commenting saying, you know, I needed to hear this today. I'm so glad you put this up. I'm glad that this is something that someone's finally touching on and talking about. Um, Happiness is a big thing I talk about often because we see, we see so much of what people want us to see on social media. Yeah. And we don't see the other side of their lives or their struggles. And I think that it's okay to be vulnerable and show that side of it. So, you know, I luckily I've started to get a pretty good following. Uh, I actually hit 10K like yesterday. Woo-woo. Amazing. Um, <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it, people underestimate how, um, how hard it is. You know, some people think it's as easy as buying followers or liking a few other people's no. posts or getting a few shout outs. It, it doesn't really work like that. No, it's, and that's really what it came down to was I saw people were engaging with my realism and my writing, um, which is another funny thing in itself because, you know, I was never a good writer. My sister, Emily, she was always the best. She could write songs in a second and you'd be like, how the hell did that come out? Yeah. Um, So by being the baby, you know, you live in the shadow of the greatness from either side of you, from both your sisters and all your family members that I think that that's where I started to come into my own um, and really try to be different from them, but also stay true to who I felt like I was becoming growing up. Amazing. That's quite powerful, actually, when you mentioned that you use your social media posts as, as a daily diary, because I think it's very easy just to copy and paste a few inspiring quotes you find on Google, but if it's truly what you're feeling that day, that almost makes it like a unique proposition as like a unique uh, feature on your account that no one else can copy because it's genuinely coming from you. Um, And I know obviously you like to talk about recently uh, domestic violence and you like to remind people of all these causes. What are the other kind of causes that you feel strongly about? So I have, these are the passion portraits that I brought up earlier. Um, These are the things that, when women come into me, I always joke that I know more secrets than a hairdresser because when people come in and they are getting ready for their shoots, we're talking, we're laughing, we're getting to know each other. And 
it becomes so much more of just a photo shoot and it becomes more like a therapy session. I see. Um, and I mean, I'm not a therapist at all, but I have always been an amazing listener and um, communicator in the sense where I'm an empath. So like, I mm -hmm. want to know your problems. I want to know what's going on in the world. I want to be a part of it and help. Yeah. Um, so I had actually my first real passion shoe, I would say would be a, a client that came to me not too long ago. Um, she had recently lost her wife to suicide and she wanted to have a little bit of time alone. She wanted the memories captured of their things, uh, primarily her wedding dress that she was getting ready to chop up and put away and gift little things to friends and family who were also touched by her. And, uh, it was a very powerful, um, and very emotional shoot that by the time I was done, I actually sat in my studio for like a half an hour and just cried because the images were beautiful. The message was beautiful. Um, it's something that is overlooked or almost kind of uh, ignored, I want to say sometimes. And, you know, creating these causes that are so horrible and bringing light to them and letting people talk openly about it whether they like my shoot or not, it's getting people to talk. And that is the whole point of art. So, you know, once that post went out, I had more people come to me saying how they really wanted to start focusing on this and focusing on that. And I, you know, I put up a simple post saying, you know, was there ever a time you felt like you had no voice? And was there ever a time that you felt like you were trapped in your own body? And um, Chloe actually came to me saying how she had a previous relationship she didn't feel safe in and we decided to build our new concept around her basically so my makeup artist uh, Katie at Glam Boss Makeup she came through and she did a special effect black eye on her we basically started her from a beautiful beautiful, simple, blushy tone makeup. Yeah. And then we put her back in the chair and then we gave her a big black eye and started giving her kind of more of a bruised look to her face. And then we took a few photos like that. And then we came back and we kind of just started rubbing black paint all over her just to show that, you know, trapped in your own body, that, that hand over the mouth to feel silence, that power side of it where you feel powerless, but you're seeing it for the first time. Uh, when most people can't communicate how they feel, you're seeing it. So it's kind visual. of that door, yeah, to give you more of that visual representation that you don't see, again, through social media. You see the perfect side of everything, but what you need to see is the raw side of everything. You need to know you're not alone. I saw that post, yeah. It really blew me away because I thought, because what I was trying to do is picture how that went down in the studio the planning that went into it, I tried to kind of almost visualize it myself thinking, how, how do you go from, you know, one day just picking up your camera, someone walks in to arranging a photo shoot like that. And furthermore, how does someone, how does someone feel when they leave the studio? Do you ever get that insight? So when my girls leave the studio, I feel like I instantly get like a long message from them. Um, and it's always, it's always kind of the same thing where like for the first time in my life, I felt like I was being listened to 
or for the first time in my life, like I felt beautiful just because I was able to be myself. Um, I make sure that when people come into the studio, they have a very open mind and that, you know, I joke that it's a no negative zone because I don't want you to come in, look at yourself in the mirror and be like, oh, that roll on my head or, oh, that freckle on my chin. Mm. You know, I want people to come in and be like, God damn, my ass looks good. Or like, yeah. I made these tiger stripes, you know? Yeah, so definitely. when people come in, these are things that I find beautiful. So when I'm photographing them and I'm complimenting them and I'm showing them, you know, that little chunk of meat where your ass meets your thigh, like your fast is awesome. Like that's the best part of the body. And they start to realize that, you know, these little things or these little quirks that they used to be ashamed of are now beautiful or have been called beautiful by someone else who is a stranger essentially. Uh, and it really helps them to leave being like, you know what? Like, why did I ever have to doubt myself? Like if this person can believe in me, I can believe in myself. So when they leave and they send me those messages that, um, you know, that they had the most amazing day ever, that they're walking with a pep in their step and they have an extra glow about them. That is, that's where that like drug comes in where you're like, you're on a high for the rest of the day because you've made someone's day. You've made someone feel beautiful. Um, and I have girls, I, I have a lot of girls actually who continue to come back uh, year after year or multiple times a year. It's amazing. Because, you know, that is them finally being able to be themselves 100%. And that's all that I can ask is just to help them embrace their own beauty. I'm going to challenge you slightly. So if, for example, someone came and said, you know, by focusing so much on the photography, and the way someone looks physically, isn't that legitimizing the fact that the physical appearance is super important, whereas maybe we should be focusing on non-tangible aspects of the body, such as the memories, the kind hearts, you know, different other emotional aspects. What would your reaction be to that? So I think that, I think that if um, someone was coming to me and they were saying, you know, you're photographing these women that are beautiful. Um, you're just making more people feel like you, like they need to be beautiful too or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, I think that that's where those blog posts kind of come into play, where you tell that person's story a little bit more. I see. Um, unfortunately, with photography, you don't get that side of it where you can get into their heads and know what they're thinking or even know what they're, you know, ashamed of or shy about with their own body. Uh, I think it's one of those things where I love focusing deeper on sometimes people's imperfections. I have yeah. a lot of mommies or like soon to be mommies or post moms where, you know, they might have those uh, saggier bellies or the little bit of stretch marks or something like that. And it's something that, you know, most women are going to be shy about. Uh, and by embracing that and showing that or showing the little bit of stretch marks around our hip bones and across our butts, that's the kind of stuff where you can visualize, okay, we are bred and we're taught stretch marks are bad, but now you're seeing stretch marks look beautiful. Uh, so that's one of the things that I aim to do and yeah. in those blog posts in there because, you know, most of the time when I have a beautiful girl who's in a beautiful photograph, she might be the most self-conscious out of anyone I've ever shot before. Yeah. But you don't see that because what you're seeing is the confidence radiating out of the image, but she could be struggling with 
so much more. So yeah. it's something simple where don't judge a book by its cover. You know, we all yeah. have our own struggles and our own daily things that we fight with. And I think that it's important to enjoy the art for it being art yeah, and not base someone's whole life around that one picture. Yeah, I think from a personal note, obviously, um, when I see your pictures, um, my, my impressions might be different to the person sitting next to me. And if I see a scar, that's maybe from giving birth, or if I see maybe something from self-harm or domestic abuse, I think, okay, they've survived that. So that mark is beautiful because it tells a story about how they survived a certain chapter in their life. Or if it's from giving birth, then it's like, oh, wow, so she's a mother, like she's given birth and that's beautiful. And, you know, she's probably a really caring mother or you start to spin things in a more positive sense that gives it a different type of beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, if anyone looks at your work, I think they'll notice that as well, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, I just want to focus also when you mentioned that you try to create this no negative zone when they walk into your studio. What measures do you take? Do you have any special techniques that you can share with us? Maybe this is something that people can do at home. Um, before maybe they go into the bedroom with their partner or before they go into the changing room to play sports, for example? So something that I have in my studio, actually, when you first walk in, um, I don't have any mirrors. I have one mirror in the makeup area. Okay. um, And that's simply for like the grand reveal, but their chair is actually spun away from the mirror. Mm -hmm. Um, The little area that I have them change into their lingerie, it's kind of a dark closet area there's no mirror in there because I don't want them to I don't want them to change and then while they're changing look at something that they don't like and focus on that Uh, as soon as they walk into my studio you know they are greeted with a positive makeup artist me who's very positive we sit and we talk I have um I have like fun kind of playing music uh, so just positive things like that, good, mm. light, and airy feelings. Both of my makeup artists, uh, Katie and Alex, she they love crystals and they love all these, you know, healing things. So I feel like we've created an energy when people walk in. And when you walk into the studio, it does make you happy because it's, it's kind of... Um, it, it does. It just has a really good feeling when you walk into it. So that is probably one of the main things is that, that overwhelming positivity when you come in, um, the lack of mirrors, but I do have mirrors in my sets. I have quite a few, but it's really just how you talk to people. I think that if you are confident and you talk to yourself, uh, how you would want to talk to others, yeah. I think that's a huge thing. And most people that come to me also have been following me on social media. Uh, they see how I talk to people. So I think that they already know that they don't have to be something other than themselves when they come in. Amazing. So I like the way you went through the five senses there. You talked about the music, so the, the, the acoustics, what you hear. Um, you talked about the, you know, the visuals, what you can see or rather what you can't see. So there's no mirrors. Um, the, you know, almost like the darkness is kind of like a different reality or, uh, you know, it's a different world where they can actually be comfortable and not have to worry about anyone peeking in or feeling too vulnerable, let's say. And then obviously the people in there, what they say, the way they look, perhaps. I'm not sure if you have a certain uniform when you photograph people, 
but um you know do you have any smells any kind of candles to relax I, them i actually have my awesome famous marshall yeah. candles um Amazing. they smell like hot boys so when you walk into the studio <laughs> it's like you get this aroma of like axe they're called like black tuxedo and oh, it just smells so good when you walk in there it smells like a frat house baking apple pies i'm not even gonna lie <laughs> okay we'll have to get a link and put it in the description afterwards yeah. in this uh <laughs> nice and uh, yeah that reminds me actually so you talked a lot about the women that come in and how they feel and the different experiences and what that's taught you what they've taken away from it but do you get a lot of men coming in with similar issues so i actually have recently started photographing men within the last year okay and when i travel actually when i'm when i'm doing um you know, my destination shoots and stuff like that. That's actually when I get a lot more men reaching mm. out to me. Uh, normally they're fellow photographers. So they have either been photographing for a long time, intimate portraitures, or they're just getting into it. And they are in the same boat. You know, they don't love their bodies. They are so trained that like a, a fit muscular man is what is determined as sexy. Mm-hmm. And they might have the dad bod. And so, you know, they want to see themselves in a different light. They want to feel the same power that they give to their own clients. And I think it's really important that, you know, no matter what gender, race, anything, I think that you should be putting yourself out there enough to be vulnerable to see yourself from a different light Mm. because we will always be our own worst enemies. So if you allow someone else to come in and show you your beauty, I think that that will help you know, a lot of people, because I feel like we hold more things in, especially men, men don't talk often about their feelings or anything. And, you know, what they bottle up, they might not realize they're bottling up. So by, by being able to be more vulnerable and get in front of the camera, it's really important. So I photographed about four or five men last year, um, ranging from the age of like 18 to probably maybe mid forties. Okay. And I have done couple shoots in the past, couple boudoir shoots, and they have completely loved the process. They think yeah. it's the most fun thing ever. Uh, and I've actually done a couple of transgender as well. So I think that allowing people to see themselves beautiful in front of your camera or handsome or sexy or however they want to be perceived is really important no matter what, what the I think that's super powerful. Yeah. And you mentioned the word process there, and that's something which I was kind of hoping you'd mention because in my head, when I see your gallery, I'm like, these are all different pictures, different people, but the process and the journey they go through emotionally, and when they come out, and that's the end product, right? The picture. But when they see that picture, they don't just see a picture that looks good, they see the process of the before and after because in their head, they're thinking, wow, I couldn't have done this maybe a month ago, right? Right. And how does that make you feel? It's actually really funny. Most people think that they have to come in and they have to be sexy. And that is 100% wrong. Um, When people come into my studio, it's really funny because I am a dork, like a huge dork. And I don't know how to not be a dork. (laughs) So (laughs) when people come in and I'm like, ooh, you sexy. This is so cool. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Normally, I'm the one rolling around on the ground and they're making fun of me as I'm trying to show them a pose. Or when they're getting into a pose, you know, I joke and I call it the sexy face 
that you see in a lot of my pictures. I call it pizza face. Like, okay. Favorite food. And when you're thinking <laughs> of that favorite food, you know, wipe the drool off of your lip. Wow. Okay. And so they are thinking this whole time that, you know, they're just laughing. They're having a great time. They're being themselves. We're telling stories. We're relating to each other. And then when they see the photo, they're like, holy shit, that's what pizza face looks like on camera. Like I was just sitting there giggling and you happen to capture it at the right time where I look really sexy. And so it removes that, that like little bit of fear of not being sexy or not being good enough. And I try to capture them when they least expect it, because I feel like that's when they're, they're being their most genuine self. So when they look back on the photos, a lot of them giggle because they, you know, that's when I was thinking about pizza face, like that's what was happening. So I think it, it shows them a lot about, uh, when they're being themselves and when they're having fun is when they look most beautiful. So that also kind of helps them in their daily lives. Hannah, when someone sits down and tells you a really traumatizing story or a really deep story about something that's affected them and put them into the situation they are now, how does that make you feel and how does that affect the quality of your work? I think it comes to two different ways. Um, I am, like I said before, I'm an empath. So when someone tells me something that's going on in their life, not only do I want to make them know that like they're okay, that they're getting through it, that everything's going to be better. Um, but I want to make sure that I'm not stopping them from continuing talking. A lot of things that I feel like is important is when people are able to almost kind of like word vomit and get everything out because you know that they have been holding that in or they've been afraid of being judged. Uh, so I think that by letting them really just talk it out is the best kind of therapy. And it's what most people need nowadays is just someone that they can physically sit, talk to with good energy and feel better. Um, so I personally, sometimes I take things a little heavier because I feel like I'm almost absorbing yeah. their negativity and trying to take away their pain. Yeah. Uh, so some days it's hard. Some days, you know, you, you carry around that like black fog in a way almost. Um, but typically when I get home, I try to use that black fog around me and create something from it. So sometimes it means that I'll come home after a long session and I'll be, you know, spend a quick 20 minutes crying just to let everything out, just to let the emotions go. And then I'll go home and I will turn that into the fire that I edit with. And that's kind of where this dark and moody style has kind of come from and all this peaking light coming in and, you know, sometimes even my coloring when it comes off because I'm using what I feel to create my images. So I'm using that darkness to kind of show the darkness, if that makes sense, with yeah, the light absolutely. kind of coming in a little bit. And have you ever felt that, well, maybe you have actually done it, like you need another photographer to take a few shots of you to go through that process and that almost like a therapy, I think you used the word therapy earlier, to go through the process and almost cleanse your mind and your thoughts and then have that photo as, a, as proof, as visual proof that, hey, you've gone through the process, you're okay now. Yeah, so I, I sometimes will heal myself with um, self-portraits. 
and I'm not the best at it, but mm-hmm. some of the things that you actually see on my feed, um, they're more anonymous style photos or, you know, more of like a body just laying on the ground. And sometimes those are me. And sometimes after a session, I will just kind of, you know, turn my camera on. I have a little click on my phone where I can control my camera and I'll just kind of lay down, decompress, take some like long, nice, deep breaths and capture myself in that moment or whatever I'm feeling. Um, I have done numerous photo shoots. I've modeled for numerous photographers, but it's normally more for like an educational purpose than a purpose for myself. So, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not shy with my body. I know it's not Mm. perfect, but I know that when people see me, they can relate to me. Uh, and that's something that's so important to me because I was told I'd never, want to be looked at. Um, so being able to be in front of the camera and have people, you know, feel empowered when they look at pictures of me because I'm not perfect. It's kind of, kind of a full circle. Yeah. I also find it's amazing that the kind of people you're capturing is really the minority. There's so many more people out there who either won't admit that they've got an insecurity or some sort of vulnerability, um, fear, and they would never accept to do something you know, like what you're offering. But I do think it's important. I used the word healing earlier and I couldn't agree more. This is definitely a process of healing, a process of self-discovery and improvement to some extent where you come out feeling, you know, much lighter and much more carefree, which is the way we kind of should be, right? Especially as kids. When we're kids, we almost don't care about anything and we're just there to be happy and have a good time. Yeah, this is definitely it's definitely like a mini therapy session just again, because you know that you can be 110% yourself and you know, it's not going to be for everybody. You know, some people come to me and they don't want to be in lingerie or they don't want to be nude and that's totally fine. We are all empowered by totally different things. Um, So I have done full sessions with girls in full clothing and you know, a big floppy sweater and thigh high socks. So allowing people to know that they can come being themselves. They can come in a sweater, a jersey. They can come, you know, in a costume if they want. It's, it's the whole experience is simply just to, is simply just to capture them at that moment who they are right then. Uh, and this is another big thing that I get many requests for is I will get a lot of phone calls from women who are 60 and over And they simply say to me, I've never had a photo taken of myself and I have nothing to look back on. I've never captured my life and my journey. And that is something that has become really powerful in itself to me because, you know, I couldn't imagine right now being 60 and saying, I've never had my photo taken because now I've seen, I have been to... Canada and I've been to uh, Florida and I've been to New York City and I have photos, beautiful photos of myself from each parts of my journey. And it almost kind of like sinks your heart a little bit to think you've never captured your own life and all these things that you've done, but you don't have it to hold on to, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And youth is something that you only get, you know, once once. really. So to make the most of it and to cherish something that you can look back on and who's to say when you're 60 and 
are looking a bit older that you don't still continue that right you know make it a hobby almost because it's a healthy one right and it's it's your body it's your life yeah you know i always loved watching old movies and old tv shows and i've honestly loved growing up with watching celebrities in the sense that they have their life as a diary visually you know and that's something that's always been very cool to me is watching someone grow up and have their special points in their lives so captured. Like why, why is a wedding the only time that it matters? Why is a wedding so important that you'll spend money on that day, but you won't spend money on yourself in your own self-love journey or your own journey growing up? Like why does it only matter at certain occasions, I guess? Yeah. I want to talk a bit about relationships now because I know you mentioned that the first person asked you to do special photos um, or a special, a special photo shoot with her and her husband who's a firefighter. What are the effects that you see that has on couples psychologically and does it bring them together? So I would say probably 99% of the time it improves your relationship or brings you together. Okay. Um, not necessarily because of the photos, but yeah. because your person now sees how beautiful they are. So they have that confidence and that glow about them. And that is what I think makes them more attractive or easier to talk to. Um, I think that when people finally unload and become themselves, they become their own beautiful glow about them. So I think that not necessarily them being vulnerable and getting these sexy pictures taken. I mean, the guys love them. Don't get me wrong. But I think that it's, they see how, their um, partners aren't holding back anymore. And I think that's such a huge thing in a relationship is you can tell when someone has a dark cloud over their head or you can tell someone doesn't want to get naked with the lights on because they're terrified of their own bodies. But now that you have that, that confidence and that extra pep in your step, I think that that is what helps improve the relationships. Um, And honestly, that 1% that I neglected before is typically the woman who is trying to find themselves and the man who doesn't want them to find themselves. And I think that there's a lot of times where they'll do these photo shoots for themselves and then they have to keep them private or no one's allowed to see them. Or um, I hate to say it, but sometimes the men or the boyfriends are um, like scared, I want to say. They feel threatened that their significant other would do this because they don't think anybody should ever see them that way. Um, And that's where a lot of these passion portraits come into play because to me, if you are stopping someone from being themselves or belittling them for being themselves, to me, that's a form of, uh, I don't say domestic domestic violence because it's not that serious. Psychological harm, let's say. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, they're coming to me because they have been, you know, they don't feel beautiful and they don't feel good and they don't feel good about themselves. They're home to someone who is belittling them or making them not feel good. And they're, they're trying to fight what the person is doing to them psychologically, but they're getting sucked back into it. And honestly, a lot of the women that this has happened to, they have broken up. The relationships have ended uh, and they're with people who they love and love them and treat them well. And it's simply just when you have respect for yourself and you have self-love, you, you demand more from people around you. So 
that 1% that maybe their, maybe their relationship had failed with their boyfriend, they got something so much more out of it because they got their power back and the fire in themselves back. I think that's super important. And I think that's what keeps, um, you know, we talk about youth in a human body, but then there's also that youth in a relationship. And I know from experience from either relatives or friends that I know, or neighbors even, where you can see the relationship, you know, even if they don't notice it themselves, as an outsider, you notice that things are going stale, things are um, not the way they used to be. And I know you're not saying that everyone should do this, every couple should do this, but I think we can admit this is a healthy exercise where regaining that power, regaining that strength, the confidence, um, especially as you age, right? Like maybe your body takes a certain direction and you know not all of us have control over it so i think having that confidence to just not care and to love what you do have is is super important right absolutely and i i also photograph a lot of people who have had um disabilities or you know i I remember the one in the wheelchair she was sitting kind of in reverse right that that was interesting yeah bria she is a, a beautiful powerful woman she um Unfortunately, life took a turn for her and she became paralyzed. And um, Zoe, who is another awesome girl that I worked with recently, she had uh, a leg amputated. So we photographed her brand new, awesome robo leg. Uh, I think that as we age and as our bodies change and to view these disabilities, even something as simple as diabetes, uh, you know, you can see the little uh, patchwork. I'm really bad with the terms, but you know, you have all the wires sometimes that you have to carry around with you and insulin pumps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's beautiful that we bring light to that stuff too, because your body is always going to change and everyone's life is so different from each other. And so many illnesses or disease or, you know, handicap situations happen where showing the beauty as it happens will help that next person when they see it to know they're not alone again. So it's, it's powerful to be where we live in a world where we focus on Instagram and social media and we look at pictures all day long and it's, yeah. it's important just to see diversity and see. No, I think it's super important that people like you come out there and publish these posts where, you know, this kind of imperfect beauty is portrayed because I think that's what represents the majority of human life. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah i just want to recap a few things as well hannah because i think we've touched on a lot of important stuff and um so yeah when we start off with the process we talk about the journey the person goes through um either before the photo shoot you know to to, um to contract you and then when they enter your photo studio and they go into the dressing room they get the makeup there's no mirrors there's a whole process of almost um, nullifying the opportunity for them to maybe withdraw or just say, Hey, I'm not doing this anymore. Right. To kind of have that most, you know, the most positive mindset they can have going into the photo shoot. And then almost the photo shoot itself and the process and the numerous photos you take that, that almost removes any future fear. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they might even come back to you in the future, which is amazing. I think that's that's super powerful that you turn it into a habit, um, so you stay on top of it, and you're always feeling refreshed and positive about yourself. Um, and I just want to remind people out there that 
when you see the photos that you take, you start to see people different and you start to, you know, understand that what we would have previously considered as beautiful is, is a bit ridiculous. Um, and restricting it just to that narrow scope. There's so much more to beauty than just um, the perfect curves and breasts and what have you. Um, there's so much more to it and it exists in so many different forms that we see on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. It's just whether, whether we choose to recognize that or not. Is that correct? Exactly. Always um, find the beauty in everything. Precisely. Um, and then the audience isn't really there to witness the process. They're just there to witness the end result. But then the end result isn't so important to the person in the photo, right? It's right. kind of a, a you know, reverse, you've got a reverse psychology. That it's actually the process that you don't get to see is what touches the person the most. Right. Uh, which someone in the audience may not understand at first, which, which I think is super interesting. I never thought that before I had this discussion with you today. Um, and then obviously for couples, this is something that can actually strengthen and, um, you know, rebuild certain pillars in a relationship, uh, which I think is, again, super important. And I'm sure this isn't something that we've just discovered now. I'm sure people have been doing this since the black and white days um, or even before when you had to actually physically paint right people i think this is a an ancient technique perhaps um where people are brought together and that you know the the walls are broken down i think that's super powerful even in a metaphoric sense absolutely i think that art in itself has just changed over the time but you know when you look around if you look anywhere you're going to find art you look in beautiful churches you're going to see lots of nude art all over the place and you're going to see lots of different body types and and i think that that's something that kind of saddens me now because I know how strict Facebook is becoming with nude images. Um, But, you know, statues in all of Greek, they were all nude and it was maybe an empowering thing back then, or maybe it was a, a God complex back then. But to know that all of these gorgeous paintings that happened hundreds of years ago are now being deemed sexualized and bad, it's, it's not what it is. This is art. And I think that that's a big thing that I wish more people would see is that just because you see a girl naked or in lingerie, it doesn't mean that she's there to sexualize or to be sexualized. This is a different process than what most people might understand. But if they put the time and effort to be in their shoes, they would understand how powerful it is. Yeah, you mentioned an interesting point that um, I spoke to Taylor about this actually in our second episode and I know she's been struggling. She's been having a lot of issues with Instagram um, that she fully accepts and I think you know, she's very um, emotionally smart about it. But I want to know what your thoughts are and if you've had any negative experiences with Instagram removing posts due to explicit content or nudity, any complaints, any flagging going on. Oh yeah, I've been in uh, I've been in Facebook jail about like five times now. No um, way. <laughs> I, think, I think I keep it very PG, um, but I have been flagged a couple times simply by bots. They're not reports by anybody. Uh, there's nobody that's you know trying to attack my business. It's just a simple you know thing that they're trying to crack down on, which I can understand. There's many different ages on here. There's many different religions on here. Um, and I think they're trying to keep it a safe place for people, but I think yeah. they're doing it, they're doing it too broad. And I understand that it's a very big 
you know, very big thing to tackle all at once. So their bots are doing what they're supposed to be doing. But at the same time, there's a lot of violence that I see on there, which I think would be my number one concern if I owned Facebook and social media. Uh, I would want the violence taken down first before I would attack a nipple. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit more logical to me. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Instagram has been a little bit better. You know, I've, I am very lucky that I have not gone to Instagram jail yet. Um, I have had a post removed before, but, you know, again, it's, there's so many religions and so many different types of people and age groups that you can't get angry. You have to accept it. Yeah. You have to kind of adjust yourself around it. Absolutely. And that's another reason why I think my blog posts and stuff like that are more impactful because, you know, you can't get flagged for a nipple on a blog post. And of course, anyone listening um, that wants to see your nude portfolio, they can go on your website, right? I saw that earlier. Absolutely. I think, I think you're right to some extent, but as someone who's uh, worked in different fields, especially marketing and, um, you know, liaise through different IT functions, I know that, coding nowadays is very sophisticated and you know if you were to account for keeping people safe there's ways to do that through coding and ai which um you know i don't think just carpet bombing the whole social media platform right for the sake of a nipple right is is necessarily uh, the smartest way because you still have to keep these emerging artists happy give them a platform to express themselves and i do think that if instagram's not careful this is just my personal opinion but if instagram's not careful um, they could lose their leverage um, for where, you know, as a place where emerging artists can go and express themselves and do weird Absolutely. and crazy things, right? Um, I think the, the main thing that makes a lot of photographers angry um, that do oh. what I do is the double standard. It's the, you know, the lingerie companies like Victoria's Secret, for instance, they can have their huge campaigns run across Instagram and Facebook um, wearing the same, if not less than what a lot of my girls will wear. And they are paid promotions. So, you know, more people are seeing them. And yet I will post a picture of a portrait with a girl fully clothed and it will get flagged for no reason. So I think that that is where politics come into it a little bit, where if they have more money to spend on promotions, they're not going to get flagged because Facebook and Instagram are making money off of it. Whereas the small business owner uh, has a little bit more of a struggle because we have to abide by the rules, but we don't have the money to fight it. It's very frustrating. Um, but I do want to touch on community now that we're talking about Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think this is a good time to talk about community because I know you mentioned this is something that's helped you a lot. It's made you feel less alone and isolated out there. And I'm sure it's helped you learn and bounce different ideas of, uh, of various industry experts. Absolutely. I, um, I used to attend retreats uh, when I did weddings with my sister and we would always go to, you know, whether it's a weekend long or a three day something, this was such an awesome thing because you would sit down, you would meet other photographers, you would have such, so much in common with strangers that you become friends very quickly. Mm. Uh, You'd be able to bounce ideas back and forth on them. And when I left that world of wedding photography, it became very slim pickings. You suddenly were very alone being an intimate photographer because you were, uh, you had no community anymore. And about last year, 2018 is when I came across 
that do more page that I had talked about previously. Yep, yep. And you know, that is a whole community just based around intimate portraits. Um, there's another one from Alex. I forgot the rest of her name, but this is another group. They, they focus heavily on editing photos and talking money and talking business side of boudoir portraits. So, you know, by joining these communities, I've been able to definitely, you know, wrinkle out some kinks in my own business, which has been really, really nice. I've been able to be inspired by so many amazing people, uh, find awesome photographers, become friends with. I'm actually going to be shooting again with Terry Hofford and she's in Canada. Uh, she's a big body positive activist and I freaking love her. We had tacos in New York and it was awesome. Um, you have to send me her social media handle later. Oh, absolutely. You'll love her. Um, and of course, coming and meeting, you know, my friend Taylor and Crystal through these. Yeah. Uh, they have their own uh, businesses. They're yeah. not too far from me. I want to say New York, uh, Pennsylvania area in the U.S. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think that being able to connect with people that you have so much in common with and that you can finally express everything, you know, kind of get your own little dark cloud and have someone to talk about that with because it's very different when I come home from work and I want to talk to my boyfriend about work. You know, there's things he just doesn't understand that he can't connect with because he's not in the business. Mm. Uh, but I can, you know, call my friend Crystal up and I can talk about everything with her. So having that background in that community, um, even having a place like do more to share your photos uh, and just get feedback on them and, you know, learn what you can and can't do better. That's such an, a, such a powerful thing being a business owner is knowing that you have a way to grow. And that's really what I focus on all the time is just learning and growing. Yeah. It's super important because it's, it's at the end of the day, it's going to help you. And, um, you know, you do at some extent feel accountable for the value that you deliver. So you want to make sure you're on top of your game and not disappointing anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, so I completely understand that it's actually something that's a reoccurring, um, opinion or thoughts from everyone that I've interviewed that has their own business. Um, they've all come back and said to me, well, I feel like I owe it to the people. I feel like I owe it to myself. If I'm not giving everything, I'm not giving anything. Um, these type of things, they, they, they're very reoccurring. So I definitely think you're on the right track. Um, absolutely smashing it. Brilliant. Um, I just want to ask, are, are there any other projects that you're focusing on or looking to get into? I know I spoke to Taylor. She was thinking maybe some retreats, something slightly away from the photography scene. What about you? Uh, I do actually. I am, so I'm going to be traveling out to Vegas next month with the Do More community. Um, I'm going to be meeting up with a lot of photographers out there working with Terry again. I actually think Taylor will be out there as well. She mm -hmm. normally does classes or shoots out there. I'm going to be finalizing a retreat that I have in June for clients. And this is something where it is taking that experience of their photo shoot and creating it basically into their own women empowerment vacation. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have about 12 ladies that are going to be coming out in June to Utah with me. We are going to be doing, um, you know, a big body positive photo shoot with all the different bodies and all the different types of people that are coming out there, which is going to be awesome. Those are always the most fun. We have uh, a big booty bash party, which I'm actually hosting in my studio next week, which again is just 
a place for women to come together. We kind of strip down, get to the vulnerable side of everything, and we take group photos with each other just to show that range of body. Um, so those are two things that I have in the play right now, my retreat in June and my booty bash next week. Uh, and I have a lot of passion portraits that are floating around in my head for more, for more ideas to kind of put out in social media and blog about and just spread awareness on special things and just keep spreading positivity. It's really good that at least people are aware of it, um, mm. that these private shoots are happening because I think it's a gateway. Um, you know, to get a feeling for that process, to know that, oh, not everything I do will be public or known to everyone, right? Whether it's offline oh, or online. I think having those secluded private events, um, it's actually something I was going to ask you earlier, I forgot, um, how important it is to kind of have a gateway between not wanting anyone to see your body, being scared and criticizing yourself to, oh, let me take a nude photo shoot and post everywhere <laughs> yeah yeah what's the middle ground right and i think you've just said it in that secluded session that exists probably for that purpose if i'm not mistaken yeah exactly i i only share with my clients um the photos that they want to be paired so i have probably 80 percent of the sessions that i do remain completely private i don't oh, wow. okay. online. um i keep a lot of them i mean i do in-person reveals which means they physically come back into my studio after the shoot so we do meet again and they view their photos in front of me so nothing goes online unless they want them online not even in a gallery um because privacy is also very important to me too you know mm, not yeah. every single person wants to do this and then have it seen a lot of times if they're going through something psychologically or they want to do something you know for themselves it's okay to keep it for just yourself. You don't have to share it. You don't have to owe anybody an explanation. Absolutely. Um, and it simply can just be a memory that you can hold on to. And a lot of the times um, my girls all buy little albums or little keepsakes and stuff like that. So their photos will be theirs and only theirs and they can pull it out when they need a reminder. Yeah, and what, what tips do you have for people out there, whether they're photographers, videographers, any type of emerging artist that wants to create a community, either through private sessions or seminars? What, what's your biggest tip for keeping that community together as well? So I actually just started my own mini community of local photographers. Um, I've started teaching and kind of doing some workshops for people who want to get into it. And my advice for them always is just to be yourself. Um, you know, there's always going to be another photographer. There's always going to be someone better than you, but people really connect with who you are and your story. So by being yourself, being true to yourself, being raw and, you know, allowing yourself to be vulnerable with your own mini community, it will grow with people that are like-minded and it will grow with people who are investing in you, not a photographer. Because there's always going to be another photographer. There's always going to be someone better. But most of the people come to me because they love me. Yeah, you almost attract what you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. And talking about the business side of things, I know you mentioned you have a boyfriend. How does the whole relationship cope with you having a business? And I assume you're boyfriend's not in the wedding industry as well <laughs> no <laughs> my boyfriend is not in the wedding industry 
um, <laughs> actually uh, has nothing to do with wedding photography, nothing okay. creative really. Um, he's into more like the car mechanic um, kind of side of things. Uh, life is always going to be a little crazy with yeah. that. Um, you know, you have two worlds sometimes that are kind of, I don't want to say clashing. He's, he's been like my number one supporter. He's been completely great with, you know, when I travel and making sure the dogs are good and, um, you know, he comes home and he'll, I'll always show him pictures. I'm like, all right, how do you like this edit versus this edit? And he's very supportive. You know, he knows that I go out and I model and I do these things in front of people. And he has always been so proud of me. Uh, and he actually shares a lot of my posts all the time too. So our relationship has been great because we have, um, very busy lives, but we've learned to kind of come together at the end of the day and share everything about each other with each other. So I support him. He supports me and it's been great. Incredible. No, that's really good to hear. I think it's uh, really important that people out there aren't scared, you know, to be themselves with their partner, not just within the public or in the business world. I think that's really important because then obviously you get the full circle, you get that healthy ecosystem around you where you have someone at home who knows everything what you do, like really cares about it, supports you. And then that gives you confidence in what you do best in the real world, in the business world, get the best results, deliver the most value. I think that whole ecosystem is something which um, you know, takes time to build, obviously. But it's um, almost easier said than done. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Um, I just wanted to ask you a few questions, obviously, before we wrap up um, about, about you. So what would you say is your biggest fear? My biggest fear? I think um, that's a good one because I always joke about this, but I never know what my fear really is. I feel like my biggest fear is failing. Um, I grew up in a very competitive family, so you always wanted to be on top, I guess I want to say. Uh, and I think that especially now owning your own business, you have this fear of not being good enough and not reaching certain goals or being worse than others. Uh, so I think failure is probably my biggest fear. How do you tackle that on a daily basis? Don't suck. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that. Go I get some that. and don't suck. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that hard work is the number one thing and okay. you know you can never stop working when you have your own business. So some days are going to be worse than others and some days are going to be awesome, but I think that it's important to know your boundaries and really kind of step away when you need to and also to create when you need to. And I think that that's where the passion portraits come in again is that it's some it's another way to release, you know. Um so don't suck and keep working. What's your favorite form of escape when things are getting tough or you need a break from things? Maybe you're being overwhelmed by the level of work or things are happening. Showering with music on. Yeah. For some reason, like not even baths because I don't fit in the bathtub that we have, but like just turning on the music and just turning off all the lights and taking a shower tends to be my way to kind of decompress. That's Amazing. like 
yeah, it's the warmth from the water, the kind of white noise that it creates, and then just like singing as loud as I can. My neighbors can probably hear me, but it's fine. <laughs> they probably sing along. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> They're like, who is that dog over there, that cat crying? <laughs> What's, what was the happiest day of your life? The happiest day of my life? Well, uh, so far, I, I don't know. I'd probably say the day I signed the lease on my studio space. Um, I think that, you know, being the baby, you know, of course, my older sister, they've been married. Uh, my other sister is now expecting a child. Like, I haven't hit those milestones yet in my life. My whole life is kind of based around my business. So I think that as of right now, the day that I signed my lease and I quit my job was the day that I realized that I was being true to myself and chasing a dream and a passion that is absolutely terrifying. But I think that so far, that's, that was a pretty good day. Even though I cried, it was a pretty good day. <laughs> so things that terrify you almost elevate you at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. It's a roller yeah. coaster. It's 100% Amazing. a roller coaster. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it at least. That, that's, that's, really, that's really positive <laughs> to see. Yeah. Um, so what's your biggest piece of advice for the 18-year-old Hannah out there somewhere? wanting to make a positive contribution like you're doing now? Uh, don't stop. I think yeah. that when I was 18, I was still so focused on hating myself uh, and mm. my body and being so closed up that I wanted to, I don't know, like I feel like I just needed someone there that was like, listen, you know, time to time to buck up and get serious, you know? you you need to be a little bit more vulnerable sooner you need to start complimenting yourself instead of breaking yourself down you need to look at that reflection in the window when you're walking by and instead of hating yourself start to love yourself and i joke with people often i mean i'm being serious with people but you yeah. know when you see a reflection when you're walking by look at your butt and be like damn that's a good butt you know like give yeah. yourself a compliment that you want to receive that day don't expect it from someone else. And I think that a fresh, young 18-year-old me was expecting, I was expecting things from people or I was trying to get happiness from other people when that happiness was my job the whole time. Yeah, almost being generous to yourself is something that we take for granted, right? Yeah. Um, and life's too short not to be generous to yourself. So I completely agree with that. I think that's you know, top advice. Uh, what's a daily non-negotiable for you? Sleeping in. <laughs> <laughs> That's a first. Well, <laughs> yeah, sleep is is non-negotiable for me. I love sleep. Um, obviously, some days I have an alarm set so that I can get up, but I I'm a night owl, so I prefer being up later than I prefer waking up. And um, slippers. I like my feet warm, so sleeping and. Is it cold over there? Yeah. <laughs> it's winter right now here. So it's like 34 degrees outside. It's a warmer day today. Okay, yeah. But it's still change. cold. Yeah. So talk us through a daily routine, like a typical day. Because when you sleep in, what, what time is your first shoot? Or what time do you start editing? Or what, what, what do you, how does your day look like? So I have um, a very odd schedule. 
okay. because I don't shoot every single day. Mm -hmm. uh, some days are accounting days where I am si simply waking up later, throwing on my slippers, walking to my computer, and I am doing my taxes or I am, you know, fixing my books or figuring out what next month is going to look like. And then I have some days where my alarm goes off. I'll go out, I'll grab a cup of coffee or my chai tea latte. Um, and I will head down to the studio, typically around noon, my, ses my session starts. So I have that nice soft kind of glow coming through the windows. And then I am an editing, like I'm a powerhouse when it comes to editing. So I come yeah. home and once it starts to get dark, I sit in front of my computer, I turn the brightness up and I will pump out edits like no one's business. I normally edit a whole session in a day and I just get everything done. Um, and then sometimes if I'm lucky, I'll sit down and I'll watch a movie. My boyfriend works second shift, so he doesn't come home until really late. Okay. And I have two very crazy dogs that I'll play with as I'm editing. Um, but ultimately it's a, a business owner life. It's a little, yeah. a little quiet. It's a little slow paced, um, mixed with a lot of stress and it's a little lonely cause you're working yourself all the time um and then sundays are for tacos amazing i love tacos <laughs> me too <laughs> what's your favorite type of taco um probably the el pastor tacos the pork tacos from down the street in the ghetto amazing from a taco truck oh my god best thing ever yeah if you're ever the, in the US, you'll try them i love the barbacoas almost like pulled oh, pork yeah yeah that's kind of what it is yeah like a pineapple pork. Yeah. No, I love that. And the spicy oh, sauce they put on it. Oh. oh, yeah. All that stuff. I'm all about the taco life. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I actually used to live in Mexico City, so I used to get plenty of tacos there. And I was really scared I was going to get fat, but I don't know what it was. I just ended up losing weight. <laughs> yeah, tacos aren't bad for you. Good yeah, tacos are you. I think it's like a myth, yeah. Yeah, you won't find me at Taco Bell, but you'll find me at Los Garcia's every night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Um, so just want to wrap up with some word associations. Now, the way this works is I'll say a word typically that's been reoccurring in this discussion or a relevant one, and you will say the first word that comes to your mind. Okay, I yeah. feel like I'll be really bad at this. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Um, photography. Beauty. Love. Puppies. <laughs> Fear. Career. Model. Beautiful. Photo shoot. Fun. Yeah. yeah, that was five. So yeah, that's that was good. <laughs> See, I, like, think so for a second, like, I don't know English anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's super powerful. So, I mean, I think anyone listening to this or who's seen your work before will know what an amazing impact you've had on, on so many people. Um, and I think, you know, we're, we're barely scratching the surface here. I'm sure there's so many more stories you could have told. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure hopefully we can do a part two of this in a few months' time after you've done a few more sessions, retreats, um, who knows what what life has in store for you. Maybe you'll come to Europe and do a few sessions. Who knows? Yeah. I was wow. in Europe uh, three years ago, I think. Yeah. 
shot a wedding out there for my fake sister and did some photo shoots out there. I'd love to come back there. Yeah, which part? Uh, we actually did like a month of traveling. So we started in the north of Spain uh, and then we went down to Barcelona, which is southern. We went to London for a couple of days. We spent a week in Italy and back to Spain. Amazing. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, let us know if you come back. Um, get a photo shoot for me as well. Yeah. I'm like super keen for you it. You be a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> And I'll interview you and ask you all the questions about it. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, we have to do that. No, I, yeah, I think it's amazing. It's something that I would obviously encourage most people to do, but I'm a very open-minded person, and obviously I wouldn't want to tell someone to do it if they're not truly comfortable. I think it has to come from, you know, from a deep place within you that you accept it and that you're open to the change and you know, self-improvement. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I wish you all the best. Uh, really thanks again for coming on. Um, thank you sorry to take up so much of your time on a monday it's but, all right. um, yeah and say hi to the dogs for me i know they're starting to get up from their nap yeah. they're like walking around <laughs> i could see one they're getting a bit yeah there he is <laughs> Here. i know yep they're big babies <laughs> yeah, super cute yeah <laughs> i was actually thinking about adopting a dog recently but um i don't think they're allowed in in these apartment blocks so just keep it quiet train it to be shh yeah the one i was looking at was a german shepherd so i don't know if that's uh... oh yeah they're easy to train they're police dogs yeah true i just know something about the size of them maybe will be a bit suspicious yeah yeah. probably like it's my child it's fine Yeah. Anyways, thanks thanks again for coming on. Um, let me know obviously if you have any more questions uh, about the podcast, anything you want me to include in the links. Um, I know you mentioned a few few people and those candles. Um, yeah. Really want to help other people that listen to this uh, recreate that atmosphere and positivity in their own lives. So yeah, Absolutely. be in touch definitely. All right, sounds good. Take care. Bye. Bye.